and welcome to I Just Want to Talk About Books. Um, Suhaila. Zeynep. And guess what? We're here to talk about books again. <laughs> How are you, friend? What have you been up to lately? Um, it's been a very intense week. So many things happened. Send in hugs. Um, thank you. Um, yeah, how about you? I'm doing all right. I think I think I'm getting out of my reading slump, sort of. I'm back. <laughs> um, <laughs> finally reunited with Anna Karenina. I guess um, I'm getting ready for winter. You know, because uh, that's why I tend to read longer books. I don't know about you, but like mostly classics. And I, I just, I think there's no better way to celebrate winter than a Russian classic. Or is it too early to think about winter? I don't know. Wow. Um, wait, wait. <laughs> you mean like you're, 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 you're going to start picking your books according to the season or what exactly is happening? I I just I just noticed that I tend to read longer books or like you know um, heavy books during winter for some reason mostly classics that's why I said okay because you remember like um, last year I was reading one Q eighty four when winter started I don't know if that's like um, it's a coincidence but I noticed that's something I tend to do um, but I'm excited for winter whatever that is I think it's it's fine. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying Anna Karenina. Um, so if I'm not reading Anna Karenina, I'm probably napping or playing Among Us, the video game. That's what I've been doing. Of course. <laughs> That's winter for you. Yeah, winter is depressing for me. I think it's that time of the year where I don't read anything. I'm just too cold all the time and really in a bad mood 24-7. I want to say that I like winter, but at the same time, like I have like, it's a love hate relationship. That's what I'm going to say, because I don't like summer. I just love winter. I know it's cold, but I still like prefer winter than um, summer. Why? I don't know. I just hate summer. I, like, I, I can't stand hot weather. That's one. I guess like, you know, when it's hot, you get like all lazy and sluggish sort of like feeling my I lose my appetite. Like I'm like sweating all the time. And it's just not fun time to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I, I'd rather be cold and like cozy with a blanket than just be hot and sweating and gross. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I think I have an idea. <laughs> Okay, um, let's just get on with the, the, the topic. Yes. So um, today's topic is going to be about annotating books. Um, for those of you who aren't really familiar with the word, annotating books means that uh, you take the decision of, how do I say this? You highlight, you underline, you circle, and you write in the margins of your book uh so you leave your thoughts your opinions about a uh, part of it or some of it a sentence that you liked a quote that um kind of um shook you a little bit or something that you really liked and you wanted to keep um yeah so that's basically what annotating books means oh yeah um uh, on our instagram page we ask you guys the following question do you annotate your books and 40 percent voted yes and 53 percent voted no um not surprising 
Now, for those of you who don't know, Zainab and I like to annotate our books. And if that's something you are not comfortable with, or if book gore bothers you, you might want to stop listening because there's going to be a good bit of it in this episode. This is your chance to run. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> run for your life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it could. It, it's probably going to get uncomfortable for some of you. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, how did you? Um, how did you start annotating your books, Suhaila? Uh, well, I used to be like in the. Um, I used to be in the keep my books pristine camp. Like I wanted my books to look perfect, you know, buy the book, put it on the shelf and have it look beautiful. I was really careful with my books. Actually, I was paranoid. Paranoid is the right word <laughs> to use here um, because I was paranoid of breaking the spine or dog ear in the pages or curling the cover. Basically me in the dark ages. So um, I happened to watch this booktuber and they mentioned this essay by Jay Endler called How to Mark a Book, a very short essay. You can find it online if you want to read it. So I read the essay and I had a complete 100% shift of opinion. I remember um, I read the essay and um, I, I printed out, right? And I gave a copy to Zenob. I was like, here, read this. <laughs> <laughs> I still have the coffee, by the way. It's somewhere. Yeah. Um, I will, actually, I would like to share. I have the essay here with me, and I would like to share um, my favorite quote from the essay where he says, he talks about like types of readers um, or, or book owners. And he says, there are three kinds of book owners. The first has all the standard sets and bestsellers and read and touch. This deluded individual owns wood pulp and ink, not books. The second has a great many books, a few of them read through, most of them dipped into, but all of them as clean and shiny as the day they were bought. This person would probably like to, meet, to make books his own, but is restrained by a false respect for their physical appearance. The third has a few books or many, Every one of them docked ear, dilapidated, shaken and loosened by continual use, marked and scribbled in from front to back. This man owns book. So yeah, like the essay made sense to me. I was sold out. I was convinced. If you want to say I moved over to the dark side. <laughs> um, and it's been almost, what is it, five or four years and I still annotate my books. I remember... Um that period when you were really um, serious about not dog-earing them and not writing on the pages. And I used to think, wow, okay. And it kind of made me guilty because I remember at that time I used to write on books. I used to highlight. But like kind of low-key did it. I did it and kind of... I didn't want to talk about it <laughs> because I felt like I would be judged. So I just did it and didn't really tell anyone. I know. It's it's like... Uh, because it's not really a thing. I mean, even now, so many people refuse the idea. So I did it at the time because it felt right. And at the same time, I was kind of afraid of what others would think if I ever lent them my books. <laughs> I know. Do you remember the first book you, you annotated? 
do I remember? Was it? I think it was a book that we buddy read together. Was it The Shining? Uh, first of all, I did not annotate that book. Okay, okay. <laughs> Holy crap. <laughs> Hold on. I have nothing against Stephen King. I think he's a talented writer. He's amazing. I just read uh, The Shining, and it's my first Stephen King book. It's definitely not going to be my last. Um, I can't help but link the book um, with the movie. It's <laughs> <laughs> just... Like every time someone mentions The Shining, I always think of the movie and I start laughing. And they're like, "What?" Listen, if you haven't watched The Shining, we recommend that you do because it's a it's really a funny like the one with um, Jack Nicholson. It's more of a comedy like uh, than a scary movie. For me, I didn't think it was scary <laughs> at all. I mean, that explains why Stephen King um, is upset about that movie and he thinks that's not. It doesn't do the book justice. I don't know if I should say this, but it really, the acting was terrible. That's all I'm going to say. It was really terrible. Um, Jack, Jack Nicholson did a great job, but the, the rest, they were just like ugh, cringy. And I was like the whole time, really? <laughs> Dude, I no. Know you would say that. <laughs> but yeah, so I didn't annotate The Shining. I was buddy reading that book with you. I thought Six of Crows was the first book I you annotated. Think, I don't think Six of Crows was the first because I started annotating books way, way before, but. Exactly, because you never told me. How dare you? I didn't hide it. I just was like, hmm. You know, like, I don't know if anyone would want to know that. I know, I know, because I think, I, I, I mean, I understand your reaction. Like, I wouldn't want you to tell me because back then, I'm going to be like, see, you did what? You're writing your books? <laughs> and friend me and follow me. I'm going to block you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> How scandalous. But... Yeah, I mean, I understand why you didn't tell anyone. It's it's kind of intimate, I guess. And it's, I think we value books differently. Um, I think we put value in books. In a, in a, it's, it's also personal. Some, I think some people refuse to do that because they want their books to be proper and shiny. And, you know, it's like it's a form of respect, I guess, to the book. Uh, it's how they love their book. But for me, it's it's the opposite. Uh, I want I want that book to be mine, and the way I express my love to that book is that I I also like try to form a relationship with it. It's not empty. It's not just any book that belongs anywhere. It's my book. It has my ideas, my favorite quotations, my uh, comments. So it's that book is mine that's how i love it i i don't know how to explain no we it. love books differently i totally agree if you prefer to um keep your books like clean um new i'm not judging you here you do you but also like if you like to write in your books just know that that's okay um yeah i think the first book i annotated was night film i was buddy reading it with Zenob, so. I just started with writing on sticky notes so that I can remember the par parts we'd want to discuss together. Then a few months after, I started writing in my books. I think the first book that I really, really annotated, like um, where I did something very permanent to a book was A Thousand Splendid Sons by Khalid Husseini. I went ham with that book. <laughs> maybe, we can share, maybe we can share some of our annotated books on our Instagram page just so you guys get an idea. Yeah.
Um, we, we, we also ask you guys some question, like, why do you annotate your books or why you don't want to annotate your books? We got some answers that I'd like to share. Um, Iman said, I want to, I want to keep them clean as new. I don't know why. Lol. That's totally fine. Iman. <laughs> if you want to keep them clean, do that. Yeah. That's okay too. Yeah. Exactly. Um, need that said, um, on an e-reader, yes. On paper, nope. Again, some people are comfortable annotating on their e-readers. Not much on their books. That's fine. Um, books with mm -hmm. me, one said, because they are mine. Exactly. That's the same answer I give people when they say, why do you annotate your books? I'm like, because they're mine. <laughs> <laughs> um. Medium, Medium said, I would love to. I love secondhand books when they have little notes here and there, but I can't do it. Maybe because I mostly feel like I'm an in-depth ruin in them beautiful, precious pages. Very relatable. You can, you can start with sticky tabs, as I said. I mean, sticky, sticky notes. Um, yeah, Umayma said the same thing. I just use the tiny post-it notes. Exactly. That's what I said. Just do whatever you're comfortable with. That's what I'm saying. As long as you're enjoying the experience, go for it. Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's different for, for everyone. Yeah. Um, that's all the answers we got. And thank you guys for sending your answers. I'm just asking you now. Why, why do you annotate your books? Zainab. I uh, I think it, I, there there's a point where I thought I think a little bit before I read the essay that you sent me, um, I kind of started having the same thoughts. I was like, I want to be able to pick up a book years from the time that I read it, and um, you know, just um, skim over my favorite parts or or read my comments. Um, not just necessarily years. Sometimes I just sit in my room with nothing to do and I just like to pick up some of the books and read my favorite parts or parts that I highlighted for some reason or other. So, um, yeah. What about you? Yeah, personally, I have come to love the idea that my collection is my collection because it's, as you said, it's inked with your thoughts, your feelings, um, your excitement or frustration maybe the, your love for the story. Like if someone borrowed my book, they would get the Suhaila version of that book. Um, but again, like if you like keeping your books in perfect condition, like I always have, I understand. It's, some people might find it stressful to put themselves on the page, but I promise you, once you actually do it, it's not stressful anymore. It's really freeing. It's really exciting to like try it at least once. Just to know how it feels like to to write your thoughts while reading. I think you may become addicted to it. You do. You definitely do. <laughs> do you have do you how do you annotate your books now? Do you have a system? I don't. I just read and if I like a part, I use the closest thing to me to highlight or underline or circle. I don't make it a habit to write either in the margins or on the books or in post-its because mostly I don't really have anything like that near me. So I could be, I could be reading outside or at work and I just like, 
I need something to just highlight this part or underline it. Um, and I think I do most of my comments out loud. I don't know. I don't know why I don't write, but because I write pretty much everything, everything, literally. But when it comes to those comments, I just talk and keep reading and I just mumble. But writing doesn't mm. really happen that often. Okay, I used to have a system. Like, I would use yellow highlighters for funny parts or blue tabs for, like, parts I want to discuss or green for beautiful quotes. I, I had a system. Do I have the system now? No. I don't, I mean, I don't know what, like, when I go back and pick up my books, I don't know what purple or green tabs mean. I'm like, what is, exactly. what is it? It's confusing. It is confusing. So I always tend to forget. So now I just don't have a system anymore. I just use a pen and I underline or just highlight favorite lines. Sometimes I circle any words. Did you tell them about that time where you used an eyeliner? Can we not? <laughs> it was like on the desk and I was just like needed to highlight something. I think I used my sister's eyeliner. Sorry, sis. <laughs> um, I can't believe you did that. Basically just I use whatever. Um, so yeah, like I just underline, circle any words I don't understand. Um, I write in the margins. You use the prayer mat as a bookmark, and you use an eyeliner to annotate. I don't, I don't think it gets clearer <laughs> than that. We'll get to that later. Oh my God, <laughs> I'm getting exposed here. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's right. Um, I mean, I just use Probably. whatever. So, yeah, that should tell you how chill I am about it now. I, I mean, I, I did, like, I wasn't like this before, but I'm just like, yeah, whatever. I just underline or circle words I don't understand. Sometimes I doodle. I do a lot of doodling when I'm really into it. Um, so, yeah, I just use whatever pen, a pencil, eyeliner, prayer mat as a bookmark. <laughs> Uh, so yeah that's that's uh that's what that's that's how that's i do fine. it i mean whatever makes you comfortable and happy i guess <laughs> true okay can you please give me examples of favorite quotes or comments or something that meant something to you i mean what are your favorites okay i chose i chose um station 11 for this oh wow um, <laughs> Okay, so Station Eleven, um, it's by Emily S.D. John Mendel. I hope I'm saying that correctly. It, she, it's one of my favorite sci-fi post-apocalyptic novels. And I think, Zenob, you got me this for my birthday. I think so. It's one of my favorites, even yeah. if I haven't read it yet. So please, no spoilers. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. It was really Okay, so time. I'm just going to... It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And it, the book is amazing, too. That's a bonus. <laughs> um, so basically, in this novel, the world is ending. A deadly pandemic has left like 99% of humanity dead. Whoa, 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 Does that whoa, sound familiar? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I'm going to say about the book. Oh, holy crap. It's, it's really good. And, um, okay, I have, like, this quote from this book that I really, really like. Um, just to give you a context, um, one of the main character is one of the survivors in this post-apocalyptic world, somewhere alone, thinking about her loved ones. And she says, 
hell is the absence of the people you long for. Um, and in this book, because people are scattered all over the world at the time of, of the outbreak, yeah, even the potential survivors have no way of contacting their loved ones. That, um, that longing for human connection is so strong in this book. Um, it, it's, it's, not, it's not the material things that matter, but the people you, you share your life with and um, the honesty with um w with which you've been living it this is like the theme that is very very prevalent in this novel um another another quote that sort of echoes that sentiment is one of the character said where is it oh yeah he said clark okay well clark realized moving half asleep through the motions of his life for a while now years not specifically unhappy but when had he last found real joy in his work? When was the last time he'd been truly moved by anything? When had he last felt awe or inspiration? Again, these two quotes like lingered in my mind for a while. It gets you thinking about a lot of things. Um, and what it, like what does happiness mean? What it means to be alive? Like most of these characters felt that they were minimally present in their um world you know it's really thought-provoking i really love this book I i'm gonna stop van curling here because it's really good i'm definitely gonna get a copy because i mean the things you just said are things that have been resonating in my head for a while now it sounds heavy but it also sounds enlightening um yeah i'm getting the feels i'm getting the book for sure you definitely sure get it what about you? Um, it's wild. Um, it's it's a book uh, written by Cheryl Strayed. You know what? I just remembered something funny that has to do with her. So I read this book like ages ago. I think I read it four years ago or five years ago. And um, after that, I started listening to this podcast, Dear Sugars. I, I really liked it and I listened to it for more than a year and it wasn't until the second year that I realized that the host of the podcast is the writer of the book. Can you believe this? Okay, no, this is the brand new information. I did not know that. Yeah, so when I found out that she's the, she's the writer of the book, I just... It just, it felt really weird. I'm like, I listen to this woman's voice every morning on my way to work. And she is the writer of one of my favorite books. And I couldn't even connect the dots. How dumb am I? No, like, I, there's no way you would know. But still, um, that doesn't change anything. She's still an amazing author. And she's still a great host. Yeah, I really love her. She's really great. She's really great. So uh, the book is a biography. Um it's a memoir so it's about uh cheryl she's a woman who decides to go uh on a trail the past uh, the 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 pacific crest trail on her own and she is on i don't want to say details because they could be considered as a spoiler uh, but the purpose of her journey is to find something that she lost it's amazing um I found two quotes that I highlighted and um, yeah, they both um, 
kind of resonate with me a lot. I don't know. I feel like I like the book kind of dragged on, to be honest. But there were parts where I thought it was necessary. Like all those parts in the book were necessary. And I really wouldn't have it any other way. So here I go. I'll read one of my favorite parts. Um, I never got to be in the driver's seat of my own life. She'd wept to me once. In the days after she learned she was going to die. I always did what someone else wanted me to do. I've always been someone's daughter or mother or wife. I've never just been me. Oh, wow. Okay. I love that quote. I thought about um, that moment where you are aware, like when you're, when you're more aware of the world and you kind of have this uh, set of expectations uh, thrown your way by your family and society and friends and everyone that you know. They're like so many things are expected of you. Uh, so many things you're 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 in demand i guess you are or this and this and this and you're supposed to be doing this by this age or supposed to have done this by now and it never really leaves you any room for being who you are or like trying to even figure out who that person is you kind of just go from one cage to another being a student being um a co-worker being a wife being a mother being a grandmother and that's all you are but i'm not sure if i'm making sense but... no you definitely are you just have like this it just like feels like you have your life mapped out for you and you just have to go uh through those steps so like you have no choice to veer out or just like choose your own path it's like you're living someone else's life you're living someone else's life you're living thousands of lives in your life but you're not really doing what you want or you're not given time to figure out what you want you just do things like a robot and and that's it you're expected to be happy and you're expected to be grateful for it it's one of the things that really pisses me off but this is a discussion for another day absolutely um i also have another one from the same book Um, there were so many other amazing things in this world. They opened up inside of me like a river, like I didn't know I could take a breath, and then I breathed. I laughed with the joy of it, and the next moment I was crying, my first tears on the PCT. I cried and I cried and I cried. I wasn't crying because I was happy. I wasn't crying because I was sad. I, was, I wasn't crying because of my mother or my father or Paul. I was crying because I was full. Of those 50-some hard days on the trail, and of the 9,760 days that had come before them too. Um, I don't know why I like this quote so much. I can't explain No, it's, it's definitely something to think about. I can't wait to read it, though. I mean, you know when you go to Goodreads or, like, when you see quotes from, like, books that you want to read? I, I don't consider that a spoiler, but, you know, like best quotes from certain books reading them makes you pick it up sooner for some reason some of them as you said they help you make a decision whether you're not going to 
read that book. And some of them could be considered spoilery, depending on the content of this, the, the, the quote. Sometimes it reveals something that you would rather not know. So it kind of depends. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all we have to say about annotating. Let us know what you think. Do you write in your books? Do you have a system? If you've never tried annotating before, would you like to give it a try? We'll be waiting for your comments and messages at our book podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram page. I just want to talk about books. So uh, now we're going to answer some of the questions you guys sent us. Um, we're going to start off with Monkey Man. Hey, Monkey Man. Hey there. So his question is, uh, what are some of the hated protagonists? Mm. Okay. I have I have a I have an answer for that. Okay, go ahead. Um, Gone Girl by Gillian Flynn. Oh, oh! <laughs> How did okay. I not even think of that? Thank you for uh, mentioning the 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 book. Yeah, you read Gone Girl. Yeah. Okay, it's a it's a psychological thriller. Something that Zenob loves. <laughs> Um, it's about um, a marriage that gone terribly, terribly, terribly wrong. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's all you need to know about it. Um, now, the main two characters are just, do you remember? They're so twisted. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like gross and just, just despicable. Yes, very disturbing. If you are into unlikable characters... I would recommend Gillian Flynn books. I've read Dark Places by her as well, and I hated all her main characters, but she's just a talented writer when it comes, especially when it comes to unlikable characters. So Gillian Flynn is your author. Try it, monkey man. You know, um, <laughs> you talked about her, and I remember Dark Places, another book of hers. Remember mm. the book I've been reading for three years when I finally realized that I'm not yeah. going to finish it ever? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, I think you, you gave me that book. It was yours and you were I gave like, you my copy. Yeah, you didn't want it? <laughs> I, like, I didn't okay, want it. Yeah. I didn't want to have it in my shelf. <laughs> yeah, I think she's the queen of writing despicable characters. So feel free to give yeah. any of her books a try. That's true. Um, yeah. Iman, Iman says or asks, which series do you wish would be extended except Six of Crows? Of course, she has to say that <laughs> to make it difficult. I personally can't think of any. Me too. Yeah. Me too. I'm just, I'm just going to go with Uprooted. As I said, I've mentioned it last episode. It's a standalone fantasy novel. There's nothing wrong with the ending. We got our closure, but I wouldn't mind if the author decides to continue with the story. I would still pick it up. It's not a series, but I would love to if it was part of a series. Um, yeah, we can't really think of any series. We don't read that many. How many series? I mean, I used to read a lot of series. I have read, I forgot what it's called, but it's the first book is called Die For Me. It's by Amy Plum, Die For Me series, paranormal romance sort of series. There are like five or six books there. Also ugly covers. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Interesting dress. 
what's with these like <laughs> they're all wearing dresses i can't get over that yeah just to make to prove their point it's like what the fuck? it has nothing to do with the plot it just puts with these dresses you're supposed to be dead no she is like no she's dead but she's still beautiful i don't know why i think that's gross okay i think that's gross they insist expectations they expect you to be beautiful even after you die yes you have to wear a beautiful dress too you have to look presentable <laughs> uh if you want to go to the underworld you have to look presentable apparently they don't accept girls with jeans and hoodies <laughs> we're better off <laughs> fine by me <laughs> um okay okay we don't um, I, I, so that 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 answers your question Iman, I should tell you, we don't really read series. Um, we haven't read that many, but the ones that we've read, um, we thought they were all right. But I can't really think of any like series I would want to read to to read more of. I guess. Yes. Um, third question is by Mariam Moondust, right? Yes. Thank you, Mariam, for sending us your questions all the time and your suggestions. You're cool. I like you. I love your username. It's so cute. Um, so uh, she's asking us on uh, tips on how to make a habit out of reading. That's a good question. Mm, it is. Um, do you have any um, um, idea? Yeah, you, you may. You mean you know? I mean, Zinobi already know that I personally I try to read first thing in the morning while having my breakfast. I've been sticking to this routine for a couple of months now. So I would suggest that you set aside time to read. Um, I'm sure you can squeeze in 20 or 30 minutes of reading a day, no matter how busy you are. So just try to stick to it. Um, sit aside a time and stick to it. And also like be comfortable to DNF books and start new ones. Life is too short. Just read whatever interests you. Exactly. Those are my tips. Yeah, it's very important yeah. to pick something that you like reading. Mm. Um, and uh, try to make time for it during the day. I mean, 20 minutes is good. 20 minutes in the morning, maybe 20 minutes before you go to bed. Um, that's, mm. that's, that could be a good start. Yeah, I agree. She also asked... Um, how do you choose your books other than book recommendations? What comes on top of the list when choosing your next trade? Mood readers. Wow. <laughs> um, nothing fancy. Like personally, I just, yeah. I make it a habit to stalk my favorite authors um, on social media. Stalk. Remember that. She does. <laughs> Because I'm not really on Goodreads a lot. So um, mm. if I go, I just um, I stalk my friends there and see what they're reading and what books are uh, new, what books are not. Uh, and I choose something dependent on my mood. Yeah. 
That's that. Me too. Like it depends on my mood. If I'm in the mood for a light read, I would pick up a graphic novel or a middle grade book. If I'm in the mood for a heavy read, I'd read a nonfiction or a classic. So I just have my TBR list on Goodreads. I use Goodreads. I have a Goodreads list to choose from or my physical TBR shelves. Um, but it like it just depends on my mood, really. It, it makes sense. Um, she also sent us another question. Um, mm. How do you deal with difficult vocabulary when reading? She says, sometimes I tend to look up every single word. I don't deal. That's my answer for you. <laughs> I read and read and read. Uh, and if I see the word multiple times, I try to understand what it means from the context. The only time um, that I look up words are when I like them, when I like the sound of a word or an adjective and I want to add it to my vocabulary, that's when I look it up. Um, yeah. What do you think? Do, yeah, I agree. Like, do not look up every word you don't understand. That's not reading. That's a, that's torture. Um, try to understand things from the context. That will give you a rough idea about the word. I think it's really important to have an interrupted read in time for you to fully enjoy a story. Otherwise, you'll just get boring and you'll start dreading the whole experience. And we don't want that. Um, if you really, really want to know the meaning of certain words, you can just circle those. And once you finish reading, you can just go back and do your research as you like. But don't do it while reading. It's not going to be fun. Yeah. Um, last question from Miriam. She asked, which book do you think you could reread over and over and never get enough of? Uh, let me rephrase that. If you had to choose one book to reread for the rest of your life, which title would it be? That's a difficult question. Zina, let's do this on one, two, three, and see if we have the same answer. <laughs> no, 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 wait. I feel like we're jumping in the deep end right now. I can't do that. <laughs> you definitely can. Like, you know me. We just gonna, we have a book. We definitely do have a similar book. Um, come on, come on. I mean, it's obvious. I know, but what if, what if there are other books? This feels like, this feels like a proposal. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like I'm getting married or something. Like what, what? No, I'm sorry. I can't even breathe right now. <laughs> it's a difficult question, Miriam. You have to understand the reason why Zineb is freaking out right now is because we can't really choose one one book. It's impossible because we have probably we have a favorite book in each different yeah. genre. Um so like it's really hard to to pick one book from like one you know, it's it's really it's really difficult. It's like telling you like to choose one of your favorite children. Let's make it more dramatic. Would you do that to your kids? Yeah, I mean, I don't think so, unless you're just a horrible parent. Okay, so to be honest, to be completely honest, there is that book that we're both thinking of that we wouldn't mind reading over and over again, but... Let's do it, just with that one. I mean, I know that you know which book I'm talking about. It's going to be fun. Okay, on two or on two, or after three. <laughs> after three. After three. Jesus. Okay. One, two... Three, Crooked <laughs> Kingdom. That's fine. That's close. I mean, I chose Crooked Kingdom is because there's no cliffhanger in that one. It's the last book, and you get to know more about the characters in that one. Um, 
but Six of Crows, it's still it's still a good one. Like if I didn't have a copy of Crooked Kingdom, I would go with Six of Crows. We just chose fantasy here. Okay. But um, again, Miriam, thank you so much for your questions. Um, and please send more. Okay, Yasmin asks, um, a book that emotionally scarred you. I'm going with Angela's Ashes by Frank McCourt. It's it's a it's a memoir and um it's about Frank's dreadful childhood in Limerick, Ireland during the the Great Depression. So it's basically it's about his family and their struggle with poverty and his father's um alcoholism. It's it's one of the most the pressing books I have ever read. That being said, it is also fascinating and humorous, heartbreaking, and just beautifully written. Um, just thinking about it right now, man, it's not a happy book. <laughs> um, Yasmin, just to get yourself, just get yourself four tissue boxes, because that's how much crying you'd expect to happen when reading that book. Wow. Um, yeah, it's very emotional. Um, what about you? I can think of a few. Sometimes I like to read books that are really intense. Um, and for some reason, those are the books that I remember the most. Um, so the book I chose um, is called Change of Heart by Judy Picoult. It's a realistic fiction. Um, it deals with um, a lot of heavy topics. Uh, I mean, it's it's a thing about Julie, Judy Picoult. All her books are like that. Um, and as I said, they require a certain mood. You can't read them when you're overwhelmed by reality because you... Her books are so real that they will make you feel depressed if you're not in the right mood for them. So it, it deals with capital uh, punishment and about uh, religious fanatics. So there are two things that are clashing together in a family drama, um, an accident. I'm, I'm going to throw words your way because I don't want to spoil anything. Um, being faced with a very tough choice as a mother um, to either go against everything she's ever believed in or um, not. From what I've heard, you talking about it right now, I have a friend on Instagram who loves her books as well. He thinks that she's a great author. He always like reads her books. Um, and he's been recommending so many of her books. It's really interesting. Yeah. Okay. That's uh, that's our recommendations for you, Yasmin. Um, next question is by Aya. She says, do you have a routine when you go book shopping together? Mm -hmm. We um, we do. We do have a routine. By the way, cool question. I like it. We, I mean, I get water. Make sure to get water because we spend hours in the... In the, in the bookstore because you want to stay hydrated because it's a, it's a difficult process. <laughs> um, Zena is like, got all the snacks um, and she makes sure that we are actually well-fed and we're ready 
for 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 whatever to come next. <laughs> um, I usually have on me two bags, according to Zeynep. I didn't you know. Do. I didn't realize that yeah. I usually have on me two bags: backpack and um, and a tote. And a tote bag. So yeah, like we just uh, we get in, we say hi to everyone, just to let everyone know in the bookstore that we are here. We're here to conquer. <laughs> We're going to need to be noisy for the first bit, um, and then and then it's just quiet. <laughs> yeah 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 we just like don't talk to each other for like two hours or one hour by the end of that we just like they have like this like round table in the bookstore like where they do meetings and stuff we just sit there and start like going through the books the ones that are we going to take with us home and right after that we have lunch and that's where we meet our friend fatim zara hey fatim zara if you're listening hey baby <laughs> She's so chill about it. Like at the beginning, she's like, how many books did you get? And we just say, oh, we got seven or we got eight. Come on, guys. And then she just like moves yeah. on and talks about food. I love that. <sighs> this is really bittersweet. You know, take me back. Take me back. We have another question from Aya. She's asking, what is the weirdest thing you've used as a bookmark? You already know. <laughs> What would you use for a bookmark, Zainab? I mostly dog ear the page. But I also use bookmarks. <gasps> oh my god. You do what? What? I dog ear the pages. They're coming after you. I can hear them right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we dog ear our pages. Sometimes... I just, I just like, you know, about pretty much anything that comes close at hand, like phone, I would just put my phone or just like my earphones. Okay, Zenob was still in the truth. Sometimes I just use prayer mat or hair ties, whatever's close, <laughs> it, whatever works, man. It's just, it's, it's better than dog earring sometimes, but I still dog ear my books. That's, that's it. Anything else to add, mate? Um, I just want to thank them for listening. It means a lot to me. It's really fun. Thank you guys for sending your questions and please don't hesitate to send us more. We are always open to suggestions, so keep them coming. You can always reach us at ourbookpodcast at gmail.com or our Instagram page. I just want to talk about books. It's always fun to talk to you about this. I had so much fun talking to you too. Well, that brings us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time.